Hello, this is Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer. Welcome home. So we're into tower. We are ready for takeoff. Manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey, it's Amy from DVC Clubhouse. Hey, Clubbers, it's Scott from DVC Clubhouse. Hey, it's Kathleen from DVC Clubhouse. Welcome aboard, it's Phil from DVC Clubhouse. And welcome back to another episode of the Debrief Podcast, brought to you by the DVC Clubhouse. We are back again. This is Amy, and I am joined again with my fellow Clubhouse Pod Squad, Scott, Kathleen, and Phil. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey, everyone. Welcome aboard, Clubbers. So we have another fun episode for you guys this week. If you listened to our inaugural episode, you heard us talking about the virtues of Seven Seas Lagoon versus Crescent Lake a little bit and decided that we should make that an entire episode. So that is what we are going to be talking about today. We are going to be kind of pitting against one another, everyone's favorite Walt Disney World neighborhoods, the Crescent Lake neighborhood versus the Seven Seas Lagoon neighborhood, which is going to be a painful discussion for some people, I think, because they are both beloved and both well, have it's going to great... be painful for you when anyone says Seven Seas Lagoon is better. You're going to be jumping up and down on screen. I was going to say painful for those Crescent Lake lovers, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any electrical water pageant on Crescent Lake. That's all. It's on the list, Phil. It's on the oh, list. I love Scott has notes. To <laughs> you mean you don't see a... 1982 produced show of a dragon lighting up on a lake. And what's wrong with that? <laughs> you make that sound no, like I, a bad thing. I know. I love it. I, I, I do love it. And I think you'll see, I don't have anything bad to say about Seven Seas Lagoon. This is really about our preferences. Well, we can do some like pros and cons about them. And so, you know, just, just as a reminder, I own beach club so i might be a little bit biased towards crescent lake you but own I think all of got... beach club or you own at beach club that sounded rather well, elitist i own beach club i wish that i owned beach club i own at beach club um Just and have for a long time so i have a i have a little bit of a bias towards crescent lake but you all own resorts in both places is that right correct boardwalk and the crown jewel, Grand Floridian. <laughs> we had to go there. We have two contracts at Polynesian. Why do I always think that you also own a boardwalk, Phil? Because I, I stay why. at boardwalk all the yeah. time and I love it, which is why I'm so torn with this discussion. No. See, that's why That's why I'm right. It is going to be painful. It's hard. It's not going to be painful. I just stay at both. It's hard to choose between. It's like picking your favorite child. Then you go to both. I, I've solved this problem. I don't have to choose. I spend one vacation on Seven Seas Lagoon and the other vacation on Bay Lake. Or if you're or, like sorry, me, uh, you Crescent split Lake, stay. Rather. If you're like me, you split stay. And I know uh, a lot of people are against the split stay, but... I hate the split stay. 
Uh, there's nothing wrong with them. I don't mind. I think sticks. it's a little harder with kids, but I, yeah, I don't know. The key. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we but can have a whole I, you know, split stay episode later. But uh, yeah, with two little kids and having to pack and unpack and groceries, split stays are not fun. Plus, you have your homeless day. Hate the homeless day. I can see. I've only started really embracing split stays over the past several years because my kids are older, and it and it makes a, the huge a huge difference. But you know, for me, I often split stay because even if I am staying. At a great resort, Grand Floridian, I've I've grown to really love. I, I like the Poly. I there's something about Crescent Lake that I don't feel like I have really been to Disney if I haven't spent time at Crescent Lake. It is just something that is. We talked about it last week on the episode. My first time I ever went to Disney, I stayed at the Contemporary, and so I spent a lot of time there on that monorail loop. But there's something about Crescent Lake that just makes me feel like I'm at Disney World. If I could interject. <laughs> yes, please do, Scott. Oh, I, I would like to just say that many people just say that it's the way that you feel when you're staying at these resorts. And I think that was uh, very true yesterday. We got to spend time in, I think, four different resorts yesterday. And we made it a point each time we walked in a different resort we made it a point to say it made us feel a different way. So walking into Grand Floridian made you feel completely different than walking into Animal Kingdom Lodge. Nothing bad, but it's just very strange the feeling that you get with every single resort that you walk into. And that's personal preference, but it also just, I call it the vibe. There's a different vibe for every resort. But anyway, it's go ahead. vacation for every resort too, and that's why we split between the two. When we're staying on Seven Seas Lagoon, it is a very Magic Kingdom-centric vacation. And you're, especially a Polynesian, in the middle of the crowds, and you're right next to the castle, and you can hear the fireworks going off at whenever introduce a princess or during fireworks at night, where when we're staying over on Crescent Lake, it's a very Hollywood Studios and especially Epcot-centric vacation, where it's a lot easier just to walk into the park for an hour and walk back out. So... We see it as two completely different feels based on how we're centering, what we're doing, the rides we're riding, the pools that are there. They're very different vacations depending upon your resort choice. Like for us, when we go to Animal Kingdom, we feel like we're at our local zoo, but with a 42-mile walk, Scott. <laughs> I could see that. I definitely could see that. However, I would say that just because you're staying at a Seven Seas Lagoon Resort does not make it have to be a very Magic Kingdom-centered vacation. Only because of that monorail that'll connect you right over to Epcot. And it is, I think it's about, makes it so nice. it's like a 10 or 15 minute jaunt, you know, to get to Epcot. I think a lot of people feel like it's a lot longer depending on how long you have to wait at TTC. But what, 10, 15 minutes? I think it's longer to walk from Boardwalk to Hollywood Studios than it would be to actually wait for the monorail at TTC and go over to Epcot. I think, however, though, that's also kind of polycentric. I suppose you could walk in from Grand Floridian as well if the walking path is open. But if you're over at Bay Lake Tower and you have to get over to Epcot, it's not as easy because you've got to wait for the monorail to come through. You've got to get over to the TTC. You've got to make the crossing. I did say that when we stayed at Bay Lake Tower, 
it was a very Magic Kingdom centric stay because of that easy walk. Polly right. gives you that best of both worlds where it's really easy and we're coming back or going to Epcot. We always just walk over to the TTC because it's right there. It's just right outside the resort. So, it, you know, in the same vein, when you stay at Wilderness Lodge, you're still on Bay Lake and close to Magic Kingdom, but that's a whole different feel as well. Just that right. one step removed across the water bridge and you're in a totally different part of property, even though you're only 200 yards away from the contemporary. Just in terms of resorts, let's talk right. about the resorts. So we have, what, six resorts that you could probably include on Seven Seas. So we're talking Grand Floridian, we're talking Polly, we're talking Bay Lake, Wilderness Lodge, Fort Wilderness, I'm going to include them now because the boats are running, and then you have the new Poly Tower. All DVC resorts, or soon to be. All right, fair enough, if you want to count Wilderness Lodge into that. I think it's a different feel over there, but we could say they're all one and the same. And then we could also say Crescent Lake has six resorts, with Swan, Dolphin, Swan Reserve, Beach Club, Yacht Club, Boardwalk. Only two of which are DVC resorts. I see where Scott's going with this. That was that was pretty savvy, buddy. Therefore, I put a I put a check mark over by Seven Seas Lagoon for those resorts. Only okay, for that. Score. I can keep score for this if you guys want. Absolutely. Okay, we're keeping score. I'm, I'm making up a grid now. Now I can't really talk about the resorts at Crescent Lake because I haven't stayed at Swan. I haven't stayed at Dolphin. Where else? We haven't stayed at Yacht Club. Yacht Club, but I mean Yacht Club and Beach Club are like the same thing. Not even close. I would argue. I will die on that hill. I knew I was going to get Phil on that one. I will die on that hill. Totally different resorts. And the, the incredible thing, at least to us, I mean, honestly, do you feel they're the same resort or do you feel they're different? Um, they're similar in many ways, but I could see where they're very different, too. It's a different feel between the two of them. And I've, in full disclosure, I have not stayed on the DVC side of Beach Club. I've stayed in the main resort side, so I couldn't determine between the two. But Beach Club to Yacht Club, we think is a completely different feel. We would go back to Yacht Club any and every time. If we didn't have to go back to the resort side of Beach Club, I would be okay with that. So I have an opinion here. I, I actually don't think that Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness can be included in a Seven Seas Lagoon discussion. Because You're trying to take I, away Scott's point that he awarded to Seven Seas. I, I actually I, I disagree with that, but go ahead. I I think we I need to let Kathleen be the arbiter of the points. She's probably <laughs> the most. I feel of us like here. when when you know at least like you know this is for me when I am thinking about Seven Seas Lagoon and Crescent Lake, I'm thinking about the loops around them. You know, there's a body of water and then there's a loop that surrounds it, and they're equitable in that they. You know, again, they're both a body of water. They have a loop around it that has three Disney resorts and a theme park entrance. So you've got, for Seven Seas Lagoon, you've got Magic Kingdom, Contemporary, Polynesian, Grand Floridian. And that's the loop that the monorail will take you around. For me, for Crescent Lake, you've got Epcot, and then you've got Beach Club, Yacht Club, and then you cross over the bridge and you come over back around to Boardwalk. I think that for Seven Seas Lagoon, I think that Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness are adjacent neighborhoods to Seven Seas Lagoon. And I think that Swan Dolphin and Swan Reserve are adjacent to the Crescent Lake trio of, of resorts that are Boardwalk, Yacht Club, and Beach Club. 
And so I feel like it is it is a valid point to talk about the those adjacencies when you're trying to determine which of those two areas is preferable because certainly proximity to certain things would enhance the value of it. So I think, you know, as a person who really loves the Crescent Lake area, there is definitely value for me in the adjacency to Swan Dolphin, Swan Reserve, and the walking path to Hollywood Studios because you have access to more dining, more nightlife, and another theme park. Staying at either contemporary Polynesian or Grand Floridian, there's definitely value in being adjacent to Bay Lake resorts, like those Bay Lake area resorts, which would be Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness, because you can easily get there without having to get onto a bus. And those also give you access to additional dining options and uh, and just like a different vibe and a different feel. So for me, when I think about Crescent Lake versus Seven Seas Lagoon, I'm thinking about the actual loop. And I'm thinking that those other resorts are like kind of in na- like in adjacent neighborhoods, if you will. I get that's that. Just, that's just my opinion. I get that. The only way that I included those other two was because of the new, well, not new, but they just opened it back up, the boat. So you can take the boat. It's just an easy ride to get from Bay Lake to Fort Wilderness or Wilderness Lodge. But you're right. It's adjacent, but it's just a very easy five-minute boat ride now just to get over there. What definitely makes staying on the monorail loop on at a Seven Seas Lagoon Resort appealing because it is really great when you have accessibility to other resorts or other areas that do not require you to get on a bus. I think that that is universally agreed upon by Disney World fans that if you can avoid getting on a bus to go someplace, then that's great. I think that what is wonderful about Crescent Lake is, and and for me, kind of something that's in the pro Crescent Lake area versus Seven Seas Lagoon is it actually does feel like a neighborhood to me. Whereas Seven Seas Lagoon, it is so spread out. So for me, Seven Seas Lagoon is kind of just like this big area and each resort is its own kind of neighborhood unto itself. Whereas Crescent Lake, you've got this very, very intimate feeling where you can get out of Boardwalk and walk over to Beach Club or Yacht Club or to the adjacent neighborhood of the Swalfin, as people have recently been calling it on online, in minutes just by walking. And that to me is part of the appeal, is the ability to sit out there and feel like I'm looking at something that is close by, that is thematically makes sense. It, it is within the same design concept versus at Seven Seas Lagoon, there is, you know, part of the reason why I think that they need to be so far apart from one, one another is because thematically speaking, those three resorts have no business being anywhere near one another. They're just so vastly different to go from, to be able to see a, you know, a Polynesian village from a Victorian mansion <laughs> kind of doesn't make any sense. And then you look across and then you've got 
the contemporary, which I don't even know what that style is because it's just a big slanted rectangle. Don't worry, neither does Disney. <laughs> so for me, the coziness, the consistent theming around Crescent Lake kind of for me evokes a feeling of like, I, and I think that's why for me, I feel like I haven't really been to Disney unless I've gone there because it almost feels like it's a land unto itself outside of a theme park. You know, it's like it's cohesive in what it's offering you and it being right outside of World Showcase where you, it is another body of water that has a loop around it. Crescent Lake almost feels like another loop of a, you know, a, another land but this one doesn't require theme park admission. You can go and you can walk around it and you can find entertainment on the boardwalk. There's great dining. There is, you know, you've got the music playing. So it, to me, is offering you something that the theme parks offer in terms of making you feel transported to another place without needing to pay for theme park admission. But I would argue that if you go over to Seven Seas Lagoon, you actually get a lot of different experiences all within walking or monorail distance or by boat. So if you stay by Crescent Lake, you stay in the same neighborhood. If you stay over on Seven Seas Lagoon, you can go over to Grand Floridian and have that Victorian feel. You can stay at Polynesian and have that feel. I mean, you, can you go... say it's walking distance, but I mean, come on. They're each like 20 minutes apart from each other. Are they're we not really? So I, okay, so I would argue they are far apart. If you want to get over to <laughs> Bay Lake Tower Contemporary and Wilderness Lodge, they are all either a quick boat ride or a walk away. I mean, Polly doesn't even have their own gym. I have to go over to Grand Floridian to use theirs. And it's it's a five, ten minute walk at most if I'm taking my time. I think you can have a, a much more varied trip sticking around that one body of water, especially if we consider Bay Lake being almost one and the same. You can go over to the campground. You can go to the Tricircle D Ranch. You can go over to Wilderness Lodge. You can see Boulder Ridge. You can see Copper Creek. You can see all the Christmas decorations over there. You can sit by the fire. You take a boat ride. You go to Contemporary. Now you've got a monorail running through the building. And I don't recall a monorail running around Crescent Lake. And I think I'd remember that. You can then go from there to Bay Lake. Bay Lake has a totally different feel than the contemporary. A quick monorail ride back over to Polly. Now you're sitting at Trader Sam's. And then if they still had the orchestra, you're over at Grand Floridian with a whole different feel. You could spend three or four days just hitting those resorts in, in and out of the park and be in six different neighborhoods versus the same neighborhood on Crescent Lake. Right, but it's you just said it's taking you three or four days to do all of that. Whereas at Crescent Lake, you've got all of that at your fingertips. So you don't need to spend all of that time. You've got all of that at, at your fingertips. Plus we didn't even mention with Crescent Lake that you've got the Skyliner. Right oh, so we didn't have to, because we have a monorail. Well, but I, uh, we but just if, assumed if, you were going to take the loss on that one and not bring it up. If we're talking, if we're talking about adjacencies and things that are adding value, you hop on the monitor uh, on the Skyliner and you can get to, even more resorts that are would who doesn't want to go to of... Caribbean beach. Well, I know that Scott <laughs> and Kathleen really are, are, are fans of Sebastian's 
Well, I just think that that's it. When we're talking about the adjacencies, that's like saying I can get on the monorail at Polynesian and it can take me to Epcot and I can walk through Epcot and get on the Skyliner and then I can head on over to. Yeah, I don't but know. I think that I, I'm to, to counter Phil's point about if you're staying at Grand Floridian and you can hop over to the Circle D Ranch, that's the same thing as staying at Boardwalk and hopping on the skyliner and going over to caribbean beach to have a drink at banana cabana or whatever it's called yeah i don't know with the proximity of it at some point the distance has to be cut off to where you say adjacencies are just a little that's a little too far to be calling it that but to phil's point i would say that i like the differences in resorts i think that's a lot of times when we talk about dvc Everybody says, you know, we all like certain resorts for different reasons and each resort makes you feel a different way. Everyone has a different theming and that's what I like about it. I don't want necessarily two resorts or three resorts to have the same kind of feel to it. I like to be blown away by the Grand Floridian and then walk over to Polynesian and have a completely different feel. That's part of the fun for me. I don't know. I just like... But how, how frequently do you actually, when you're staying at Seven Seas Lagoon, how frequently do you actually walk over to the neighboring resorts to make that a part of your day's experience? I will honestly say, and this just happened yesterday, not walking, but we make it a point to get on that monorail and we go to each resort on that monorail loop just because we want to check out the various treats that they might have the gift shops might have different things. The smells are different. It's just the way, I don't know, we just did that yesterday. So I think that's, it's something honestly that we just make it a point to do because we like each resort for various reasons and we just make it a point to go there because it's so easily accessible. I, I, I want to point just... back to Amy too. Her point earlier, and she was speaking, so I didn't want to jump in, is that Crescent Lake is better because you can do the entirety of it in less than a day. I just want to point out that she just told us that having less options is better. Actually, I didn't say that you can do it in less than a day because my point is, is that it is such a great immersive experience that it's not something that you actually even have to do. It's something that just is. <laughs> We're talking about an existential difference between being immersed in a place where there's, you don't have to do anything to feel the experience. You're just, experiencing it by the virtue of being there. Whereas if you're on Seven Seas Lagoon, you have to dedicate time. And just to your point, Scott, about you thinking that it's not, that the adjacencies are not the same if I'm talking about going to Fort Wilderness versus taking a Skyliner to Caribbean Beach. I think the next time I'm there, we need to time how long it takes to get from Grand Floridian to the Circle D, the Tri-Circle D Ranch at Fort Wilderness versus how long it takes to get to Caribbean Beach from Boardwalk. And let's see. Oh, I'm maybe, all for that. Maybe distance. Maybe the distance. I, I don't even know. I would need to even look. It, it's so hard to know really how far things are from each other when you're at Disney because you're like flying through the sky to get there or taking a boat to get there. But I, I, I would imagine that you would be getting to banana cabana. Is that what it's called? Banana yes. Cabana. Yes. Yeah. Um, from boardwalk 
quicker than you would get to the Tricircle D Ranch from Grand Floridian. I find it funny that you mentioned Banana Cabana before we mentioned anything at Riviera. <laughs> it's rather telling, isn't it? <laughs> Talking to you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk dining. Which do you think has the better options for dining between the two? Seven Seas Lagoon. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think, yeah, hands down. Now, with that said, I think that there's a lot of dining that gets missed on Crescent Lake because people discount Swan and Dolphin. And I think there's a lot of incredible dining at Swan and Dolphin, but it gets lost. And the excuse is that if you want dining, you can go into Epcot for the dining, whereas Magic Kingdom doesn't have that plethora of dining options close to Seven Seas Lagoon. So you talked about how often do you go resort to resort at Seven Seas, and I said it at the beginning of the episode. We very much plan our trips around where we're staying. So if we are staying at Polynesian, you will see us at Kona. You used to see us at Ohana. You will see us over at Grand Floridian, either for Narcoosies or Grand Flow Cafe, which, by the way, is one of the hidden gems of quick service. But I will also say that I feel that some of the dining around Seven Seas Lagoon has nosedived. We no longer have Trails End, which I thought was one of the best buffets on property. You have Ohana as a mere shadow of what it used to be. Uh, and the Magic Kingdom does not have a lot of great dining spots. So while Seven Seas Lagoon, by the listing, would seem to have more dining, I think you actually get better options staying over on Crescent Lake because you have access into Epcot, which is universally known for great dining. Why is that? I disagree with Yeah, that. why is that? What is at Epcot that is so great dining-wise? And I don't want to hear festivals. I just want to hear restaurants. I think there's some there's a couple of hidden gems. I think that Nine Dragons is better than it has any business being based on how easy it is to get a reservation. I think that I can't wait to try the new sushi spot that Amy was at a little while ago. I think that Teppanito, while a bit overpriced, is always a hit with the kids. I think Via Napoli is a fairly solid place to grab a good pizza. I have not tried Space 220. I haven't heard great reviews about it. And you can say, aside from the festivals, but there are always, always festivals. What do we have now? Three or four weeks over the course of an entire year where you can't eat your way through food booths. You go over to Swan and Dolphin and you have Il Molino. You have Blue Zoo. You have Rosa. Uh, mm. Trattoria is always a hit with us. I don't think we've ever done a trip where we haven't gone to Trattoria or Trattoria. I think as Amy pronounces it, I'm not sure which is correct. It's like Caribbean versus Caribbean. I think that you have better overall dining options to choose from on the Crescent Lake side. I think by the numbers, you have more options over at Seven Seas Lagoon. I think you can go over to, I can't remember the name of it, the Snow White Dining. You've got Geyser Point. Chef Mickey's is arguably the most disgusting dining experience I have ever had in my life, and I will never go back. You come over to Polly, you've got Kona. Some people still love Ohana. You go over to Grand Floridian, there's a lot of options at Grand Floridian that nobody pays attention to that are really good meals. I actually just scored us a Narcoosis for two weeks from now. They finally opened up the reservations. I'm dying to try that based on the pictures you guys posted at your last visit. You go into Magic Kingdom. I would argue there's only one or two really viable, decent options there. But I think that you've got a plethora of options versus more quality options, one to the other, just depending on what you want. But we still, back to my original point as I wandered down that path, we still will plan our trip and our dining just because of the kids and ease of access 
around the restaurants that are closer. So yeah, when we are over on Crescent Lake, we will hit all of those resorts for the dining. When we are over on Seven Seas Lagoon, we will plan our dining around that just because of the way we tend to vacation. Yeah, I could see that. I, this was closer for me than I thought it would be. I, I really thought Seven Seas would run away with the restaurants. But after I started to think about what Crescent Lake has to offer, a lot of my favorite ones were on that list. So yeah, Trattoria, Ale and Compass is Ale one of my favorite breakfast. Yachtman. Just amazing. Yachtman. Shula's we had a bad experience at, but everybody talks about it like it's really good. I think it was just a one-time bad experience that we had. Rosa is quickly becoming one of, if not my favorite restaurant on property. Have you done uh, Luzu? No, we uh, actually nominal, walked in there. Meal. We got a drink there, I think, and that was about it. But yeah, that it became a lot closer just talking about those restaurants alone. And you compare it to Citrico's and Narcusi's and California Grill. Uh, we like Ohana. I think it's not what it used to be, but it's still pretty good. And I'm sure I'm missing a lot more. Chef Mickey's, I know that that place gets a bad rap. But when we went there, after it reopened, they have more of a variety at that buffet than I think any buffet on property. I was blown away at the variety at Chef Mickey's. I'm not saying it's the best top quality food, you know, that you can find at other places, but the variety alone made it worth the price, which really shocked me. We just had such an awful, disgusting experience there that I think it turned us off from ever going there again. It was truly that bad. They hadn't cleaned up from the previous parties before us, I and mean, parties, plural, under the table before they sat us they were just hammered that night everything was lukewarm it was it was an awful experience maybe we'll give it a shot again we'll see but it was that bad we didn't mention victoria and albert's either which i think is its own classification of restaurant but but yeah i think like i said just comparing those two it was a lot closer for me than what i really thought it would be but i gave a slight edge to to a seven seas i think for me that when i think about the two areas in terms of dining I feel like it's a huge opportunity for Crescent Lake because I think what Crescent Lake is missing is just really like inventive dining. I don't feel like, you know, part of the thing that I love about Crescent Lake and that I love about Disney in general is the sense of immersion and the sense of being transported and that sense of inventiveness and creativity in terms of a dining environment. And Crescent Lake is very basic for me. And while I do think that the Swan and Dolphin have great options for dining, as somebody who's from New Jersey, I don't really find myself dining there that much because many of the dining concepts are ones that are replicated from places that already exist. They aren't unique to Disney. They are, uh, you know, kind of these restaurants that you'll find one in New York City You'll find one in Disney. You'll find one in Vegas. And that's not as appealing to me when I go to Disney because I want to be like hit over the head by Disney theming. And I don't get that really at any of the Crescent Lake restaurants. I'm not getting it at Trattoria slash Trattoria. Big River Grill is just awful to me. I mean, it is so disappointing. The food is consistently Applebee's quality food. I was um, just going to bring that one up as the place to put your missed opportunity because it's yeah, just I mean, a that's, dead zone right a, there. It's a huge missed opportunity. I'm a craft beer lover. They're 
I think their beer is terrible. While Alan Compass is good, I think that like my experiences there haven't been as great as people have reported. I just find the theming of the restaurant to be somewhat lackluster and not exciting. People kind of don't really love Cape May, Cape May Cafe. For me, it's one of the ones that I prefer to dine at just because I feel like they have at least made it consistent. The, the environment is consistent with the theming of the rest of the resort. They lost um, me when they lost the crab legs. But when I go over to Seven Seas Lagoon, I feel as though they really have capitalized on the experience that per- that they're providing you at each resort and they have carried that into the dining offerings and so at grand floridian you've got really great beautiful beautiful restaurants i mean the narcusis refurbishment was absolutely amazing and that is a restaurant that i liked going to before like i I always had a solid meal there but felt so underwhelmed by the overall experience because the decor was terrible and the refurbishment is absolutely stunning and the menu and quality of food is excellent same thing with citricos before they refurbished it i went there the food was good completely underwhelmed by the overall experience because when i go to disney i want to be i want to feel like the entire experience is reminds me that i'm at disney they did that refurb and it is absolutely stunning. Citricose has become one of my favorites as well. So Citricose and Narcusis are two of my favorites. Then if we're going to extend it to the lounges, Enchanted Rose, between the decor, the quality of their craft cocktails and the invented inventiveness of them, plus the quality of the their lounge menu for food is excellent. So those are just three places right there. Then to your point, Scott, when you bring a an elevated dining experience like victoria and albert's that is combining all of the elements that we have come to love at disney minus the price tag which is also how we all feel about disney right now overall it's a great representation of the disney experience but it's got service it has inventive amazing menu quality of food the decor the feeling like you are being transported into a different era it just it's chef's kiss to that resort is having victoria and albert's as as one of their offerings but then when you go over to could you just stop in reverse if you're gonna say chef's kiss for those of us that are watching you on screen could you could you actually do it for us please fantastic (laughs) thank you (laughs) and i hope that everyone heard the little the little kiss (laughs) but if you go over to the polynesian the Polynesian is not a place that I have dined at frequently. I've gone to the Tambu Lounge a number of times, but it is not a place that I have dined at frequently just because the food offerings are not necessarily the, the most appealing to me. But I did go to Ohana for the first time for dinner this year, and I loved it. And I think part of what I loved about it, too, is, again, this immersion. Like, I, if I'm going to eat at the Polynesian... I'm not necessarily going there because I want, I think that I'm going to get like the greatest, like because chicken wings and noodles are all that exciting to me, but it's that I'm eating chicken wings and noodles immersed in a theme that allows me to feel transported. And you you know, with the ukulele music playing, 
Disney brings theming. They Disney knows that theming and a, an immersion is a five senses experience. And so I think that, you know, without hitting every restaurant one by one, I think that the Seven Seas Lagoon restaurants, like they hit, they check all the boxes for me in terms of, I, I, honestly, the six, the six senses. Because if, to bring it back to what Scott said at the beginning is that the way that you feel about the resorts, it's like when you walk in, how does it make you feel? Well, I feel like dining is an extension of that. And so the sixth sense being how it makes you feel, I feel like the Seven Seas Lagoon restaurants deliver on that more than the Crescent Lake ones do. And it's not to say that the Crescent Lake restaurants aren't good. They just don't appeal to me in like the, in like the, an emotional sense, the way that the Seven Seas Lagoon restaurants do. Well, I think that's a good point. So it, I've always said that it feels, and I think you captured it, it feels like there's something missing over there when we dine around Crescent Lake. Now, if we walk around the boardwalk, you look at, we had ESPN Zone. Unless you wanted to go catch a game, there was nothing to speak of as far as dining there. And now they've got that down. They're rebuilding something new. Even that, I don't think, is going to be a spot to go to for dining. It's a sweet treats and, you know, kind of grab-and-go sandwiches there's nothing there you walk further down you've got trattoria which we have never in 10 years had a bad meal at trattoria it is always good some have been better than others but it has never been a bad meal you've got abracadabar which is really just a lounge and when you move past that what else is there you've got, the fish. You've got yeah. oh, i'm sorry you got flying fish i'd actually meant to bring that up that i forgot flying fish but then you've got what you've got the dance hall that it kind of there you've got the dueling pianos that some people go to some people don't even staying at boardwalk one of our biggest complaints has been that there's not a really easy decent quick service option from the pool you've got a couple of options that come off the menu you've got i think a wrap a salad and, and some kind of sandwich the kids can have a hot dog if you want anything else you've got to leave the pool area you've got to walk across the green you've got to stand in line and wait for a slice of pizza I think it goes back to what that area was envisioned to be. It was supposed to be where all of the people showing up for conventions at the nearby convention center went to hang out for the night. There's a lot of missed opportunity over in that section to bring in another solid food option. And like you said, maybe it's something a little different. Maybe it's something outside the bounds of what people are used to. Flying Fish is good, but it's fairly small. It's a signature restaurant. It's not going to draw everybody in. Trattoria seems to be this little hidden gem that you can still get a reservation at on a regular basis. There's something missing in that corner down where Big River is. You need to get a good solid food option in there versus, hey, we're hungry, we were walking past and we wanted some chilies or Applebee's because that's really all it is with some screens on the wall. I do need to give a shout out to Beaches and Cream because I think that it is, and honestly, I feel like it's it's another reason why I love the beach club as much as I do. And again, it, it doesn't have to do with like it being the best food that I've ever had in my life. But in terms of being at Disney and feeling like I want to continue to be immersed in the resort experience or the park experience, Beaches and Cream delivers on that. You know, it's a fun kind of ice cream shop. The decor is cute. It's tucked away next to Stormalong Bay. That gives you kind of that seaside ice cream shop feel that if you're from 
New Jersey, at least, like it feels kind of authentic. And then you've got, as I said, Cape May Cafe. I feel like those two restaurants are true to the theming of those resorts in a way that makes me want to dine there just for the feel of it. And I don't get that at Boardwalk. And just, I, I want to address, you brought up the ESPN zone and I'm sad that again, like I didn't need that food to be great. It For me, that food was great for what it was. When I would check into the boardwalk and my room wasn't ready, we would go to ESPN because it was right there. The kids could eat their chicken tenders and French fries. We could have a, you know, a, a burger and a beer, watch whatever sporting event was on. And it served a great purpose for me. I'm very sad that it, that they took that away because it was kind of a family friendly environment that was fun, had great energy and replacing it with a frou-frou bakery that serves wraps and salads to me, just bring it back to the point of the immersion of, of the theming of the resort. It just doesn't fit. So I'm not that excited about it. So I think to recap so far, seven seas lagoon has the superior resorts, dining, transportation and Crescent Lake just makes us feel good. <laughs> Which honestly, when it comes to Disney, the feeling is everything. And it has the theming. It has the theming. It has the intimacy. It has the accessibility to two, because we haven't really even talked about the fact that you've got Epcot, which is arguably, I mean, it's my favorite theme park, the entrance, the international gateway entrance into Epcot. Then you can walk or take a boat or take the Skyliner over to, to Hollywood Studios. We can't not mention the proximity to the theme parks. And so Seven Seas Lagoon, yes, you've got that very quick access to Magic Kingdom, but you have to transfer at the TTC to get to Epcot, which isn't terrible. It's also, you know, it's great to be able to get to Epcot from there without having to get on a bus. But Crescent Lake, I think for me, gets a check in, in theme park accessibility because it's so close to two. And now that you'll be able to walk through Epcot again to get the monorail, you can also get over there to Magic Kingdom. Kinda. Remember, even starting January 9th, you still have to tap in at your initial park before you can hop across. So that But you would need not... to do that to walk through Epcot. So you would tap in at International Gateway, walk across, hop on the monorail. So theoretically, and... you could make your reservation at Epcot, tap in there, and then get to Mon... It's just not as yeah. simple as what I'm saying. It's not all the way back yet. Right. It is. And, it, and it's a little bit of a stretch to say, you know, that staying at the Crescent Lake gives you easy access to Magic Kingdom. Because it is. It, it, that's a trek. I mean, just walking across Epcot is a trek. But it's a mile. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's not like it's easy. And it, and to the point of having kids, like, you want to take the, the simplest, even if it's not the quickest. So you talked about accessibility and feels, and I'm just going to lay this point on the table. Is there anywhere at Crescent Lake where you can eat a Dole Whip in the pool and watch the fireworks overhead? No. Yep, that's so we're just we're going to leave it at that. No. I agree with I I totally agree with what you said. Which part? I said a lot. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I I I've just been listening. What did you say about you said Seven Seas wins over resort 
I just think restaurants, re- resorts, and the way that they're different from each other. Yes. Restaurants, I think, has a slight edge, and I thought that was kind of surprising for me because I thought that was going to be a landslide. Transportation is kind of up in the air. I guess if you're going to say accessibility to parks, you could give that to Crescent Lake. But my argument with that is if it's raining or 120 degrees outside, I don't want to walk anywhere. So for me to be jumping on some form of transportation, like a monorail that's air conditioned, is actually a benefit for me. But I get the proximity to the parks. It's very easy to walk there. But I was going to say that a couple, the one thing that we did not talk about was pools. You guys are all about the pools. Who has better pools? Well, I mean, let's just say Contemporary is out. Arguably one of the worst pools on property and by far the worst pools in any deluxe category. Definitely. I agree with that. But we talk about, I know, Kathleen, some of your favorite pools are Boardwalk. And, of course, we can't forget about Stormlong Bay. Um, I think right now my favorite pool is probably the courtyard pool at the Grand Floridian. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought for sure you were going to go boardwalk or storm along Bay. I like courtyard pool because it's it doesn't seem as crowded as the other pools. Is that the main pool at Grand Floridian? No. That's the, the one where you can actually... Or you said it's the main pool, I'm sorry. That's not the DVC pool. Oh, what's the one where you can just sit in the pool and watch the fireworks? Is that, the courtyard that's pool. That's the courtyard pool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that is a really cool option. But as I was saying before, when you mentioned that, two of my favorite restaurants are at Grand Floridian. The other, the third is at Boardwalk. And I will always pick Seven Seas restaurants over Crescent Lake restaurants. And I will always pick the rooms at Seven Seas over Crescent Lake rooms. But, but my favorite area and where I want to be the most is Crescent Lake because of the vibe. And feelings. Back to feelings, and because Epcot is my favorite park. Yes, I, so, Epcot is my favorite park, too. But that's why I wanted to say you were right when you said that. It's all about the vibe. Yeah, and that's one of the most important things. I mean, you know, if it feels good, that's just where you want to be. And that's well, why that's people what Disney pick is about, park. you know? Disney yep. is all about the feel. Like That's why we go back over and over again is because the way it makes us feel. And I'd be remiss... If I didn't say, as DVC members, I mean, really how privileged we are that we can even be having this conversation about which and and Phil, to your point about, well, you don't need to pick. That's the beauty of it, because on one trip, you'll go and you'll stay at Polly at another trip. You'll go and you'll stay at Boardwalk and they are two different vacations. And for me, being able to use my DVC membership in a way that. I can literally make every single vacation feel different by choosing where I stay and what I choose to do on those trips. Because I think I saw I've, an opportunity for best pools on property. I think we might need to pop that in the show list. Yeah, I think we need to do that. And I, and I, and I also think we've animal kingdom lodge has come up in the conversation a couple of times and Phil, I know that it's, it's your least favorite. But I think it's worth having a conversation about in the future because I think just to my point of being able to pick as DVC members, being able to pick a resort and pick activities that reflect the vibe of the of the trip that you're crafting. It's just it's a perk of being a DVC member. And so for me to be able to book a trip where I'm just staying at Crescent Lake and just going to Epcot festivals 
and then go back three months later and pick a trip where I'm just staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge, dining at all of their restaurants, doing the nighttime safari and and having a five minute bus ride to Animal Kingdom. It is a it's a privilege that we has have as DVC members to be able to have a conversation that really shows why being a DVC member is amazing because we can pick where we want to stay and make a, a, a trip feel different just by where we stay. Yep, absolutely. And I'm, I, I guess just by listening to this conversation, it sounds like I am team seven C's, but uh, you know, again, my home resort is boardwalk. Well, and our listeners won't be able to see this, but shock, but Scott, this is my shocked face. Oh, they can hear that, yeah. <laughs> so I've been keeping score, and I just want to give you guys the grand total. So Crescent Lake has 4,777,129 points. Seven Seas Lagoon has 4,777,130 points. It was close, but Seven Seas Lagoon takes it. We're sorry. We have a re- uh, home resort at both. We do, but our direct first ever resort that we bought. Mm-hmm. And why did we buy it? Because it just, we just felt good about it. And that's pretty much how you could wrap up Crescent Lake. I mean, there's nothing there that's going to make you not feel good. So there's no yeah, Full disclosure, I mean, we bought Polly because of the vibe. We loved the feel, but we're lacking those bigger rooms. And we would own Boardwalk if it weren't for the fact that that contract is up so soon. That's the only thing that has kept me away from that resort. And my second resort is Copper Creek because I love the vibe of that resort, but I love the adjacency to Seven Seas Lagoon. So... While I might not be right there, I definitely see the value in being close to it. So, I mean, I think that it's, of course, as anything, it's all a matter of preference. It's, and it's all a matter of nostalgia and the way it makes you feel. Definitely. Yep. All right. So I think we have uh, firmly established absolutely nothing in this conversation. So any last words? I, I just, I feel like it was a good conversation. Like I said, there's no clear cut winner. Everybody you know, you like what you like. And that goes for any resort. That's the great thing about DVC. And everybody says that that is the wonderful thing about DVC. You can experience these things. You can experience one vacation at seven seas, the next vacation at Crescent Lake, you can do a split stay and you can get them both in one trip, but they all feel different. They all look different. They all have different perks. And to me, there's no winner or no loser. And the only thing that this has accomplished for me is made me even more excited to go back in December because now I just miss being there. Whether I'm at Seven Seas Lagoon or Crescent Lake, I just want to be there. So, Where are you staying at, Amy? Saratoga Springs. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm really confused. Which is a whole other conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think that that does it for this week's conversation about a lot and about nothing apparently (laughs) so until next time everyone we will dvc you real soon see everybody bye guys bye and so our journey comes to an end oh no please can't we go back to page one and do it all over again started this thing together and that's how we finish it because that my friends is where the magic lives happily ever